Let's say a word of prayers as we start. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this lecture. Lord, I ask as we dive into this teaching tonight, please open our eyes, Lord. Teach us yourself, Lord. Let us get the mysteries behind these texts in the name of Jesus. Prepare us for your second coming. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody, uh, for joining. So quickly, we just go straight to uh, the book of Revelations, chapter 4. Uh, and then, uh, like like we said, uh, um, the book itself um, is actually the only book in the Bible that has the audacity to to proclaim a blessing upon the readers and the and the hearers. Uh, read me and be blessed. There's no other book in the Bible that has the audacity to say that. And also, the book is actually divided broadly divided into three parts, uh, according to Revelation chapter one, verse three, uh, verse two or three. Um, Jesus asked John to write the things which were, the things that have happened before John started writing, and that was the revelation of Jesus, the Jesus in his glory, that's chapter 1. And he said, and then the things which are, the present things, the things that were happening in the days of John, and that's chapters 2 and 3, the most important chapter, those are the two most important chapters in the book of Revelation, because they talk to you and I, they talk to the church, that's what we need to do to get ready for rapture. Uh, then the things which will be after this, uh, the things, the futuristic events. And that's where we want to start uh, slightly uh, today. Uh, chapter 4 talks about the throne room of, of God. And it's really, really interesting. Uh, I mean, I'm so excited about, about this uh, today's uh, um teachings but let's let's just go ahead uh so it focuses on the glory of god and the scene uh in heaven it actually can be compared with the uh uh temple or yeah the tabernacle uh the temple of the whole testament uh and um verse one says after these things so after all those things um i saw if uh, i saw the things which will take place uh, and the trumpet calls. Uh, trumpet said uh, they hear the trumpet voice say, "Come up hither, uh, come up hither." Um, uh, and we, uh, we're going to look, zoom into that. Um, that's hapazo. Hapazo um, uh, is it the doctrine or the the school of thought of hapazo is the school of, of thought of, of rapture. I'm going to zoom into that in a little bit. But maybe you should just let's just do that one by one. So uh, this session, verse one, talks about uh, hapazo. Uh, from verses 2 and 3, talks about the throne of God. Verse 4, the 24 elders. Then verse 5, seven lamps burning. Verse 6, the sea of glass. Uh, verses 6 to 8, four living creatures. Those are the cherubim. So let's just look at um, a puzzle. Uh, in summary, uh, a door was opened. Uh, we had that uh, about four times uh, in the book of Revelation. Uh, we had come up either, we had the voice, the, uh, he wrote about voices, about trumpet, uh, about what, what John was seeing was not necessary, was not a vision. Um, it wasn't an, uh, a representative of what is going to happen. 
it was a materialistic heaven. Uh, John was tra was was transferred from this uh, domain into another dimension. Heaven is materially real, and I, th I want us to get that. Heaven is not a place. I know loads of teachings have come that heaven is wherever God is. Heaven is um, heaven on earth. That will be, heaven is here now with us and things like that. Yes, those are um, um, interpretations or let me say shadows of heaven. But the heaven that we are going to is a materialistic place. And it's definitely not going to be a, a, a three-dimension world. I, I, I will, will go into that in subsequent chapters, or, or probably also in this chapter, we'll, 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 look, at, we'll look at a few things. So um, it's a real material heaven. Uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 39. Please get your mat writing materials, because I want to finish uh, in, in the one hour uh, uh, time frame, even if possible, less than one hour. So we may not be able to read uh, all these all these scriptures, but I want you to uh, just down, uh, write the scriptures down, do your own studies, come to your own conclusions. We can take uh, conversation, we can take up conversations uh, after the lecture or on the comment on the chat box. I can go back and forth with you on those ones. So um, we also saw that uh, the invitation come, uh, the veil was was torn in the temple, um, Luke twenty three forty five. Now, the rapture uh, opposed to this calling up or, or, or caught up, being caught up, was, 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 was mentioned in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 17, and 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50. Uh, we, we've, 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 we've read both of them uh, in about two, three weeks ago. Uh, so, and in the Old Testament... Um, in the Old Testament, you'll be shocked that uh, the rapture will we'll go we'll zoom into this Old Testament in a bit. In the Old Testament, rapture was actually mentioned quite a number of times. Isaiah 26, 19 to 21, uh, Zephaniah 2, 3, Psalm 25, Psalm 27, verse 5, Isaiah 26, 19 to 21, Zephaniah 2, verse 3, Psalm 27, verse 5. So I call this, um, these are, I mean, this is a representation of the rapture uh, in the Old Testament. Please read it. Let's let's. I want us to have conversations. If someone can even read it and I mean quote it and put it on the chat box, on the comment box, and people can just um, uh, comment on that. So, what John was experiencing were real experiences. You see, you see uh, uh, the angel or Jesus telling him, "I will show you." What will happen? I will show you several times. Verse 1, of course, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. I will just read chapter 21, verse 10. He repeated those same things. I will show you. Uh, now, I looked, appeared 70 times in the book of Revelations. I saw, appeared 35 times. I beheld seven times. I heard 23 times. So these are real experiences uh, that John was sharing. They are not just... Um, uh, visions or or um, uh, what's the what's the word to use now? Um, they are not just uh, imagine, not imaginations. Uh, they are not just um, if I, if I escape my mind. So it's they are real experiences um, uh, by John that John was experiencing. So now uh, we need to understand um, this doctrine of being caught up 
and where it comes from and the background to this. Now you see Jesus saying that I'm going to my father's house. I will go and prepare a place for you and, and all those uh, several of the promises of Christ in the Bible. It's actually um, typif typifying the Jewish wedding. Uh, so now, well, don't let me go into that uh, cultural, deep down to that cultural wedding because uh, what a number of us call a church wedding or Christian wedding today, in fact, someone was, was asking for my opinion a couple of weeks ago, I just, I mean, a couple of days ago, I just had to uh, just like just keep quiet because a number of things. What we call church wedding today is just um, English traditional wedding. Uh, especially in this part of the world. It's just English wedding, the traditional wedding of, of English people. So uh, let's look at the Jewish traditional wedding, which even if we're going to say a wedding is biblical, it should be this Jewish cultural wedding because that's how they got married um, in the Jewish custom. So uh, they, they start with the ketubah, the bethrotal. Uh, we know that the, the bethrotal is so strong that if you're going to, uh, if you're going to leave a girl, if a man is, is going to leave a girl that was betrothed unto him, he has to issue her a letter of divorce. That's how that's how much um, uh, betrothal, that's how strong betrothal is. Uh, it's a Middle Eastern culture till date. You see that a lot of people have been betrothed to each other since um, they were young or as teenagers or the family will have betrothed the lady to the man, he knows that no matter what, even if it's in, in the next 10 years, in the next 20 years, he knows that's how, that's the wife um, he's going to marry. And we also saw this uh, in the in the wedding of Samson. Uh, but let's let's go ahead. So the, the, the betrothal, uh, that will be the payment of the bride price or the purchase price. So um, so the, the, the bride price will be paid after the betrothal. I mean, that's for the betrothal. Uh, then the wife is set apart. The wife, the lady, even though it's not the wife yet, it's not she's not moved into the guy's house yet. But the lady knows that this is the person I'm going to marry. There's no, there are no, there's no going back uh, on that. So, so the, uh, the, under the betrothal, you have the payment of a bride price. Then, uh, be the, the 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 wife is set apart. Now, after this, this Jewish traditional wedding, Jewish culture, the bridegroom leaves, goes back to his father's house and normally goes back to add one additional room to his father's house. So while the, the, the bride, the groom, the guy is in his father's house preparing the room, the bride is waiting. The groom can come anytime unannounced. So the bride is always preparing. It can be one year, it can be six months, it can be two years, it can be ten years. But the group, the bride is always ready with her clothes ready. So then, while the husband has prepared the room in his father's house, not his own house, his father's house. So he comes back surprisingly to pick the wife. So that surprise gathering immediately the, the bridegroom shows they start a seven day feast if you remember the wedding of samson this seven day feast was also um, um included so 
when it shows up unannounced or without surprise visit a seven day feast um, starts and that's that's the jewish cultural wedding now let's look at how this um how this correlates with rapture or with jesus uh, teaching about his coming uh the betrothal the payment of bride price or purchase price has been done at the crucifixion of jesus christ he has paid the price with his blood so and we have been set apart for him as a bride made ready for a groom so we have been set apart the church has been set apart so now the bridegroom goes to his father's house and adds an additional room and that was why jesus was always saying i will go to my in my father's house there are many mansions there i'm going to my father's house to make a room for you so he's gone to his father's house the bride the church is prepared it can be 10 years it can be 20 years it can be 100 years it can be number of x number of years we are preparing and then the surprise show the surprise gathering Brooke Gregory will just come uh, uh, surprisingly and then seven days uh, marriage party starts and that's why we're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb for seven years so this is so Judges chapter 14 verse 12 Matthew 9 15 uh, then uh, Matthew 22 11 to 14 John chapter 2 verse 1 all this talk about the seven year uh, or the feast uh, uh, the marriage supper of the lamb so that's a tip that's the typical or that typifies uh, a, a, a cultural wedding for the Jews and that is why Jesus uh, used that because he was speaking to predominantly Jewish uh, culture so they understood they could relate and that's what's going to happen um, at rapture so let's read First uh, Thessalonians four thirteen. Before we go ahead, uh, in 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 Revelations, uh, please. I hope you're writing down because we're going to do in, in, a number of uh, raise a number of points and do a number of of of, of scriptures. So First Thessalonians uh, fourteen thirteen through fifteen. But I will not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede them which are asleep. Now look at this. Uh, okay, let's let's go ahead. I'll, I'll, so... Um, Behold, so let, let me just, I'll, I'll come back to that. Uh, verse 17, let me just go to verse 17. Verse 17 says, um, uh, will not, will, 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 I mean, will not, they will not go before us. I mean, I mean, they will go before us they will, for the dead in Christ shall rise for us. And we that are remaining shall be caught up. Uh, uh, shall be called up or caught up to meet the Lord in the air. The word caught up there uh, is uh, rapiemore. Rapiemore uh, is like wrapped. Uh, uh, so it's like, okay, let, let's, let's, 
so let's come back to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 15. Let me just read 51. Uh, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. Now, what is this twinkling of an eye? It is not... Um, when I was younger, maybe a lot of us to believe that. I, I thought it was uh, the time it takes you to blink. A twinkle of an eye is not a blink of an eye. A twinkle of an eye is a time it takes light to penetrate into your eyes. It's far, far shorter than blinking. So, uh, scientists make us to understand that it is 10 raised to power minus 43 seconds. I don't know how to divide that. Divide one second into 43 places. Maybe, maybe that's a better way. Divide one second into 43 places. That is what is going to... That is the time it takes for rapture. Called up. People that boom. People that are called up. So in a twinkle of an eye, that is when we're going to be called up and raptured. Uh, actually, the word rapture or the occurrence rapture um, happened about seven times or seven, um, seven instances in the Bible. Enoch was called up, was caught up to meet the Lord. Uh, Elijah, Jesus, Philip was 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 caught up. Although he didn't go to meet the Lord, but he was was caught up. Uh, Paul, he, he actually made that reference in Second uh, Corinthians twelve two to four that he was called up to in the third heavens. Okay, maybe I should just explain that the Jews believe there are three layers of heaven. Uh, that's Jewish traditional culture. Uh, the first heaven, uh, if my memory serves me right now, is these are firmaments. Uh, the second heaven is where the spirits and angels uh, and demons are. The third heaven, they believe, is the throne of God. So Paul said uh, it was caught up uh, in the third heaven. Uh, then the body of Christ will be called up, will be raptured. So that's number one, two, three, four, five. Let me read it again. Let me list them again. Enoch, Elijah, Jesus, Philip, Paul, the body of Christ, will be caught up the church will be caught up, caught up. then john john himself was caught up in the spirit the bible says this verse we just read uh chapter 4 verse 1 and was caught up uh, in the spirit uh okay now let's look at the physics of immortality uh i hope uh, okay let me just quickly read this uh physics of immortality this is pure science apologies to our non-scientists because when we when we when we Get when our bodies are changed and we are like Jesus, whatever Jesus, whatever um, uh, dimension that Jesus showed after resurrection, we're going to have that same ability because Jesus could walk through walls and he could, and he had flesh and blood. He had flesh, not blood, but he had bone. He could touch his hand. It was not, it was material. It was not uh, spirit. It was not just, uh, it's not as if, you know, like they say, spirits, you can just. Uh, take your hand through them. They are non-material. Angels are non-material. You, you can't feel angels. You can't touch them. But Jesus was was material. That's why I also believe that heaven is a material place, but not in our dimension. Not in this three dimension. This limited. In fact, I believe that heaven is more real. That earth. What we what we are seeing now is just a virtual reality of a part of heaven. That, that's what I, that's what I hold that. We're actually in the in the in the lesser you <laughs> part of the universe. So let's look at uh, dimensional the physics of immortality. Number one, dimensionality. First John chapter three, verse two. First John 
chapter 3, verse 2. Behold, now we are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. Ha! Yes, we are the sons of God, but we don't know yet the kind of dimension we shall we shall we shall take up, the kind of body we shall take up. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. But for we shall see him as he is. So the same nature of Jesus, the same thing that Jesus exhibited when he got out of the of the throne of the of the tomb and he could walk, walk through walls and he could appear in rooms and disappear and be in places and walk at the same time. So we can, you see, we're going to have more than this three-dimensional, uh, this 3D uh, uh, body. Let me quickly read the second one. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Second Corinthians 5, 1 and 2. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God. So when this body, this this 3D body, this this uh, 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 the composting body, we shall have another body, a building of God, a house not made with hands in eternal heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. So if there is anything to even look up to at all, in, 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 in about rapture, about second coming of Christ, is that I want to I want to wear that I want to experience that dimension, wear that that body, and the house here um, um, uh, is is the Greek word is oiketerion. Uh, it's it's this house this word this Greek word is only used twice in the Bible here and in Jude. Chapter one verse six, so that is that's to show you that uh, uh, it's it's not the house we are seeing. Or okay, let me read you chapter one verse six. Those are the only two places whereby the Bible use the uh, the Greek word oiketerion, um, and in, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. So the angels kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. Underline those two words. Habitation here is oiskaterion, the same, the same word that was used for house in uh, in 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 Second Corinthians chapter five verse two. So they left. So the angels did not keep their first estate. Estate here um, is like akei, like principality, magistracy, or or. Um, domain realm, yeah. So that's the, so they didn't keep their own their first estate, but left their own oisketerion, their own habitation or dwelling or house. Be be hath reserved in everlasting chains under the darkness unto judgment of the great day. So the the that these are the fallen angels, the ones that left their habitation. So. We are going to put on that realm. We're going to be in that, like I said, the Jewish, the Jews be, believe that the second realm of heaven is, is for the angels. So we have that body or that habitation um, of angels. So let's just go ahead. Um, 
So uh, it is imminent. Um, uh, the, the rapture is imminent. In fact, uh, the, the, the believers, the, the Bible believers, I mean, uh, uh, the first church uh, believers in the Bible days, they actually thought, some of them thought they would not die because they were so, so, so much expecting the coming of the Lord. And it's so imminent. Uh, it may come as rapture, it may come as death, but it's very imminent. And I will tell us, by the time we're talking about the Antichrist, actually the Antichrist is, is only described, the peop, the duet of Antichrist is only described in two chapters of the Bible, but the word Antichrist, or not even the word was not even used, but the, the 666, the only thing that people know about the book of Revelation was actually mentioned in one verse of the whole chapter. About 404 verses, only one verse mentioned 666. But tell anybody, uh, you want to, or maybe their phone number ends with six six six, or they want to, they want to lodge in a hotel room and the room number is six six six. They will say no. So the only thing people know about Revelation is six six six, and it's only one verse out of about four hundred and four verses. So yeah, the doctrine of imminency was, I mean, the the, the believers, the Bible in Bible days, they taught. Uh, they thought it very, very, very deeply. They were, they were expecting. It was very, I mean, uh, so we should also still hold uh, that same doctrine. Um, in fact, Paul thought he will not die. Like, I mean, uh, Timothy was also thought to, I mean, was admonished by Paul to wait uh, for the coming of Christ. And we've been doing that for 2,000 years. And people will tell you, ah, will not come, ah, We've been saying Jesus will come for hundred years and things like that. Well, look at it. In fact, it was the doctrine of imminency was so strong in the early church that uh, some people left that the sold houses. They left it. They never. They stopped going to work. They stopped doing. They were just at the apostles' feet, breaking bread, waiting for Jesus to come back because some thought they will not die. But we we'll look at that um, and how that affects us. Um, as a people, we'll look at it um, in a bit when, when, when we talk about uh, the things, maybe in chapter 6 when we're talking about the seals and lo looking at how, how imminent those things are, those, those seals, are they being broken? I want to believe that they are being broken uh, in this our day and age, and I'll tell you why. Okay, so let's just go to um, the second coming of Christ. I wish I could share this um, picture, uh, but the second coming... I will tell us that it was uh, the second coming was spoken of a little bit in Daniel chapter two, Daniel chapter seven, Daniel chapter twelve, Zechariah chapter four, verses one to fifteen. Talked about the second coming of Christ. Uh, then a lot of scriptures in the in the in the New Testament also talks about the second coming of Christ. Now watch this. Some of the scriptures only spoke about the second coming. They didn't speak about rapture. And I'll tell you that there's a difference between rapture and the second coming of Christ. I'll tell you now. But let's just let's just look at this. So, no Old Testament talks about rapture. No Old Testament scripture. The, the rapture only was, was really uh, um, 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 spoken about in the New Testament. But Old Testament, uh, several of, in quite a number of Old Testament and even in Revelation. So, Revelation talks about the rapture and the second coming of Christ. Some verses in the New Testament talks about the second coming. Others talk about rapture. So what is the difference? Let's, let me just, I think I put a table here. 
Okay, if I could, I will I will put this image. If I could, I'll put it on the chat box when I finish. So I'll just see the difference uh, between these two events. So what is rapture and what is the second coming of Christ? I'll just list them here. Then when we go on in the chapter and in the book of Revelations, you will actually see uh, the difference yourself. But rapture is translation of believers. That's the being caught up. And the Bible says we shall meet the Lord in the air, not in heaven. We'll go that, that is rapture. Now, the second coming is that there's no translation involved. We are coming back. But let's look at it. So, at rapture, we are translated. Our bodies are changed. We shall be like him, caught up in the air. Second coming, there's no translation. Nobody is translating. We're already changed. At rapture, uh, saints are translated and to go meet the Lord in the air. At the second coming, those translated saints return to earth. And I'll be careful here. I will still explain this in detail when we get to that point uh, where the Bible is talking about it. Because that's where how where some, um, 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 we call them in theology, pseudo-Christians. Where some pseudo-Christians hold the dogma that we're not going anywhere, that we're going to be here on this earth. Now, there's something about um, that we're not going, that rapture, we're not going to any heaven, that he's here, the heaven will be here on earth. Um, there's something about heresy. Heresy is either truth with a little bit of lie or lie with a little bit of truth. So, yes, they could be right because they will open the Bible for you and tell you, I mean, we return to earth, like I just told you, second coming, we return to earth, what are we coming to do on earth? But, yes, they could be right, but we're still going to, this earth will be destroyed because Jesus said, no two stones will be laid upon each other on this earth, it will still be destroyed. We'll still go again and be uh, in the presence of God in, in heaven forever. But let's, let's just leave it at that. I will, we'll, we'll get there um, in a, big, big, a couple of uh, chapters. So, um, at rapture, earth will not be judged. At the second coming, earth will be judged. Uh, at rapture, it is imminent. It can happen any moment, uh, I mean, any time. And it, it is signless. The second coming, it is it follows a definite predicted sign. The second coming it will be after a number of events. Rapture, it is boom, imminent. Nobody knows when it's going to happen. Uh, rapture is not in the Old Testament. The second coming is predicted in the Old Testament. Um, uh, uh, rapture is for believers only. It's only believers that will partake in rapture that will know that rapture has happened. Second coming, it will affect all men on earth. That is when the Bible says uh, all eyes will see him, everybody that has, uh, has denied him, everybody that has rejected him will see him. Every, every knee shall, by every tongue, will, by fire, by force, confess that he is Lord at the second coming. But rapture is only for believers. It's only us that know that, oh, we've, we've been translated. Uh, the rapture will happen before the day of wrath. The second coming will conclude the day of wrath. We'll still get to the days of wrath uh, in a bit. Uh, then... Um, at rapture, no reference to Satan. For Satan is not even touched at all. Uh, but at the second coming, Satan will be bound. Uh, at rapture, Jesus will come for his own. At the second coming, Jesus will come with his own. So at rapture, he comes for, for his own. Second coming, he comes with his own. Um, uh, at rapture, Jesus comes in the air. Second coming, it comes to the earth. At rapture, Jesus comes in the air. At the second coming, he comes to the earth. 
Um, then a trapdoor, he claims his bride. A second coming, he comes with his bride. Uh, at rapture, only his own will see him. Only we that believe that believe that will see him. But at second coming, every eye will see him. Everyone will see him. Let's go ahead. At rapture, the great tribulation begins. Now, this is where uh, the post-trib and the pre-trib uh, uh, school of thought clash. But I'll get, we'll get there in chapter 6 by the grace of God. Some people believe that um, we will not experience tribulation at all. That will be taken to heaven before tribulation. Some other schools of, of thought believe that we'll experience tribulation. The church will experience tribulation. And in the middle of the tribulation, the church will be caught up to heaven. Then there will be great tribulation. So there's a difference between the tribulation time and the great tribulation time. We shall see the difference in chapter 6, 7, and co. Uh, so the difference between those schools of thought is just three and a half years. Some people believe that the church will be called up then the seven years of the tribulation and great tribulation. Seven years, three years for three and a half years for tribulation. The second three and a half years for great tribulation then will happen. Some other people believe that the church will be part of the tribulation period. Then, at the middle of the tribulation period, the church will be caught up, and then we'll come back. So, we'll see which school of thought um, um, uh, maybe has a, a, a better point. Both of them are biblical, and I have to tell you, both of them are biblical. Both of them got their, uh, their, uh, their what's it called, their positions from the Bible, and both of them are true. They will happen. It's just three and a half years away. Either it is pre-trib or post-trib, rapture will happen. So that's the most important thing. Whether it's three and a half, all those things, it's just for academic purpose. And I will tell you my own school of thought as well. And you can come up with your own conclusion when we read these scriptures. Matthew chapter 24, uh, then um, um, Revelation chapter 6 actually deals with things like this. We'll look at those two in total. And lastly, uh, rapture is for the church believers only. Second coming uh, we believe that some believe that Old Testament saints will be raised. Okay, we'll look at that as well. So yeah, we've looked at uh, the marriage, uh, the marriage, the the what's it called, the Hebrew marriage fulfilled. I think I've talked about that. So let's just go to verse two. <laughs> this is all verse one. <laughs> wow, I'll I rush now. Don't worry, <laughs> time is almost gone. Okay, uh, verse two. And immediately I was caught up. In the spirits, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Okay, yes, this is now the the corporate headquarters of the universe, not of the earth, of the universe of of time. I, like you know, if you go to to headquarters of companies. Uh, or headquarters of, um, I mean, you know, corporations, the likes of Coca-Cola, I mean, the corporate global headquarters, Google, the physi, the, I mean, the technology in those places, clock uh, in and or you have to book appointment, they confirm the appointment, you can, some some of the appointments are even linked on, I mean, sent to your LinkedIn and you know the person you are, you are, you are, you are meeting, you've already checked their profile and things like that, sends you a reminder, so now imagine visiting the corporate headquarters of the universe. Like, amazing. Like, I just hope that we'll be able to finish this today. Wow, 20 more minutes. I'll rush it. I'll rush it. Uh, 
Now the throne room of God, the word thrones appear 58 times in the New Testament. And watch this. The word throne appears 58 times in the New Testament. It appears 43 times in Revelation. So it's only 15 times, 15 other times that it appeared in the rest of the New Testament. So it appeared 43 times in Revelation and it appears 14 times in chapter 4. So chapter 4 is the throne, is the throne chapter. <laughs> so it appears 14 times in chapter 4 of Revelation. So it is, it is worthy of notes and let's zoom into this uh, throne room and thrones. Uh, number one, Messiah will sit on his father's throne. Uh, uh, Psalm 110 verse 1, Revelation 21. We actually uh, talked about that last week. Uh, the Messiah will also sit on the throne of his mercy. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. And then he will sit on the throne of David. Isaiah 9, chapter 7, I mean, that's a very popular verse. Luke 1, 32. Time will not permit us to be reading. Please just write it down. Let me write, read it again. He will sit on the throne of his father. Psalm 110, verse 1. Revelation 3, 21. He will sit on the throne of his mercy. Hebrews 4, 16. The Messiah will also sit on the throne of David. Isaiah 9, chapter 4. Uh, Isaiah, 9, Isaiah 9, chapter 7. Luke 1, 32. Now, the apostles will sit on 12 thrones and judge the 12 tribes and also judge angels. The Bible says we shall judge angels. Matthew um, 19.28, 1 Corinthians 6.3. Now, the 24 elders sit on thrones. Revelations 4.4, 4. we'll soon get there. Then unbelievers will be judged in front of the great white throne. That's far, far, far into the book of Revelation. So, yes, this is the throne room of God. And look at Things that happened that are occurring in that throne room. And he that sat was to look upon like jasper and sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Okay. Uh, rainbow here, uh, the Greek word is like halo, not, not the rainbow that we see that appears uh, because of the reflection of, this, of the sun to the rain, so that we don't get confused. But that's, let's just leave that now. Look at those two stones uh, the Bible mentioned, uh, Sardis and Jasper. In the breastplate of, of high priest, of the high priest, that's this, I should know that this has a very, very lovely link to the Old Testament. The first stone is Sardis, and it represents um, um, Reuben. The last stone is, is Jasper, Benjamin, the last one. So this is also talking about the whole 12 tribes of Israel or the whole, uh, figuratively, the whole um, um, Christendom. So let's just go ahead. Um, around about the throne were four and twenty seats. Upon these thrones, I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their head crowns of gold so crowns here is is um uh yeah they have crowns of gold the throne here is assigned um like an authority so they have crowns of gold but let's look at the 24 elders uh the word 24 first appeared um in uh, when david uh when david uh uh, uh, uh um uh, chose the levitical order 
um the 20 is 24 courses uh, that's first chronicles 24 1 to 19 when he chose um the order or where uh, the 24 elders will minister so that's the first time uh, uh the number 24 appeared and why 24 in here uh it is a figurative expression of both the Old Testament and the New Testament church. And that's why people believe that, the people that believe that it's at, on this point, the church had been caught up to heaven. We'll look at it in chapter 5 as well. The reason why these 24 elders are seen to be uh, a representative of the Old Testament and the New Testament church together. So, um, 12 tribe of Israel and the 12 apostles. Is, is, so, it's in the But let's look at it. There are some other non-Levitical order of priesthoods in the bible there's some little not just one not just levitical and then Melchizedek. there's others number one jethro jethro was a priest we don't know if he was a pagan priest some people suggest that he was a pagan priest but the bible never uh, uh um, particularly said he was a pagan priest but he was a priest jethro was a priest uh, who did Jacob? The Bible says Jacob in Genesis 28, verse 22. Jacob said he was going to pay tithes. Who did Jacob pay tithe to? So there was there was a priest in those days before the Levitical order. Uh, who Jacob paid tithe to? Melchizedek, of course, we know uh, is a priest, and then the Messianic order uh, of priesthood. So those are non-Levitical order of priesthood, uh, which is the New Testament church, the 12 apostles, who were not necessarily Levites. Uh, so, now, the 24 elders represent the complete group, the complete, both Old and New Testament church. Now, they are not, okay, they are not angels, because we'll see the reason why they are not angels. Uh, Revelation 7, 11, they are not angels. Uh, they are not the nation of Israel. In fact, chapter 5 talked about a lot of things that they do because they, they use the word us for a number of things in chapter 5. And that is why uh, all this, maybe I should come here uh, because of time. I will, I will do this in chapter 5 when, when we're looking at um, uh, the 24 elders and what we're seeing there. Okay, let's, 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 let's leave this once. Time, time is gone. Okay, yeah, the world crowns of gold. The Bible said crown, the world crowns of gold. You know, uh, there are five crowns promised, crown of life. Uh, James 1.12, Revelation 2.10, uh, crown of righteousness, crown of glory, crown of crown incorruptible, and crown of rejoicing. Uh, those are those are five crowns uh, promised. So we don't know which of them or a mixture of them the, uh, the 24 elders are wearing. Okay, so let's just go ahead quickly. I really need to wrap up now. So verse 5. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Uh, well, we've talked about the seven spirits of God, Isaiah 11 too. Uh, we've talked about it quite a number of times. Just get uh, uh, our former podcast to look at that. Uh, so these seven lamps uh, of fire burning around the throne. Look at another thing that you know that this, uh, some people believe that rapture has happened on this, taking place on this plate. Now, these seven mystery stars or seven lamps, uh, Jesus referred to them in chapter 1 verse 20, that this mystery of the seven stars, uh, which you saw at the seven golden lampstand, the seven stars are the seven angels of the church, and the seven golden lampstand, which thou saw are the seven churches, the churches that Jesus wrote to in in 
chapters 2 and 3. These seven lambs were now in the in the throne of God. So it has been believed that the church has been harvested at this time. So that is where the people who believe are okay at this point, the church has, has been taken to heaven. So verse 6 and 7. Just 11 verses in this chapter and it's taking us this long. <laughs> Thank God. Let's just go verse 6. And before the throne was a sea of glass, like unto the crystal, and the midst of the throne, round about the throne, were four full beasts. Uh, these beasts uh, uh, is better translated as living creatures, but let's go ahead. I'll tell us the reason in a bit. Full of eyes, before and behind, Kadosha. And the first beast was like, okay, let's, let's, let me just look at verse 6 first. I'll come back to that verse 7. So, uh, the sea of glass. Uh, the sea here uh, is like the word of God. That's where we see ourselves and we wash ourselves in the water of the word of God. But now in heaven, we don't need to wash in the water of, of the word of God. We stand on the word of God at that time. So, uh, and, and, and I think that's very uh, instructive. Uh, very in instructive. Okay. So, uh, sea of glass. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, verse 7. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast was like like a calf, and the third beast was like the third beast had a face of a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. Uh, okay, so those four things. Um, verse eight, and the and the four beasts had each six wings uh, about him, and they were full of eyes within, and the Rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and is to come. Okay, why Holy, Holy, Holy? Why always, every time they're saying, they say in three times, I want to believe it's just a sign of, of Trinity. But let's, let's, let's look at these four faces, four types of faces uh, of these living creatures, of these um, uh, uh, creatures described here. Number one, um, uh, the four faces before the throne of God. Isaiah chapter 6 actually divide, uh, um, describe them. Ezekiel 1 and Ezekiel chapter 10. Ezekiel chapters 1 and 10 describe these same four faces. The four Gospels actually talked about it. Then Numbers chapter 2. I don't have time to 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 look at i mean to 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 dive deep into numbers chapter two you'll be shocked you know when we read the bible when i read the bible and i read the reason why god was just giving the numbers and this thing and you i mean the bible was just recording their numbers and what, where they were how they stood i wonder why if I, it was if it, it will shock you maybe some other time later after the book of revelation we we'll look at why were those numbers there these four faces of the living creatures were typified in the old in Numbers chapter two in the camp of the Israelites. But let's just look at which ones we can talk about. Um, Isaiah, I think the Isaiah one is quite straightforward. You can just read it. Um, I just talked about describe those uh, four living creatures. But I think the one that we and also Ezekiel Ezekiel chapter ten verse fourteen uh, actually talked about. Them, but they, I mean, those are straightforward. But the ones I feel that okay, maybe we can draw some lessons out of is the four gospels. How did he describe uh, the four living creatures? Okay, let's look at it. So Matthew talked about Jesus as a Messiah. So Jesus as the Messiah, uh, the, 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 the like that's a lion. That's the, Matthew talking about Jesus as a lion. That's why it started uh, from the Abrahamic. 
the legal side of him, the Abrahamic uh, uh, genealogy of Christ. Um, Mark described him as 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 a servant. That's an ox, or yeah, or a calf. So a sovereign servant. Mark described him as. Uh, Luke described him as son of man. So that's the face of man. And John described him as the son of God, eternal, uh, who had always uh, pre-existed, who was the pre-existent one, that's the ego. So you can see in the in the Gospels, uh, Jesus had the face of a lion in Matthew, had the face of an ox in Luke, had the face of a man in, 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 in um, sorry, had the face of a lion in, 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 in Matthew, had the face of an ox. In Mark, at the face of a man in Luke, and the face of an eagle in in John. Um, so that's that's actually, uh, and you could, if you see, I don't just want to go into the Numbers chapter two. It's so it's so it's so exciting, but time is really gone. I need to wrap up now. So verse nine to eleven. Let's just wrap up with this. If you have questions, please type so that I can manage my time. Um, and when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him which sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and worship him, and who liveth forever and ever, and cast their throne before, cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy to receive honor and power. Thou hast created all things for thy pleasure. They were and were created. We are created for his pleasure. Whatever is happening in your life, whatever is going on in your life, you are created to give God pleasure. Uh, thank you very much. I think it's a good place to to stop, to wrap up tonight. Uh, it's been a wonderful time. I really thank God for today. Uh, do we have questions on Facebook? Anybody with a question on Facebook? Uh, you can also, uh, for those of you listening on podcast, you can send a voice note on Anchor or just chat up with me uh, across any of the social media platforms at Tolutopedada. Tolutopedada, T-O-L-U-T-O-P-E-D-A-D-A, one word together. Uh, we can take the conversation further. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, let's just pray as we close. Father, we thank you for how far you've helped us tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you for showing that um, there's so much more hope. Heaven is more real than this earth. We ask that you make us ready for heaven, make us ready for rapture. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Thank you, everybody. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening and a beautiful night rest. Bye.